Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. Today, Dr. Forrest presents Part 5 of the series, Alien Invasion. Say it with me. We're a church growing and thriving, overflowing with love, strengthening the family, transforming the community, impacting the world where every member is a minister and a church alive is worth the drive. Woohoo! Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. All right, we're going to talk about Alien Invasion, Part 5, and today we're going to delve into the Millennial Reign of Christ. What will life be like in the Millennial Kingdom? Amen? Each week in this series, we have begun with an opening statement to the residents of planet Earth. And my purpose has always been to couch the concept of uh, end times in terms of science fiction and science fantasy imagery and words and pictures so that we can have a little bit of fun with it. Amen. Hallelujah. It doesn't have to be dry and boring to be Bible. Amen. In fact, if you really read your Bible, as I've said many times before, there is no science fiction, no science fantasy, novel, book, or movie that even comes close to the fantastic future we have in Christ Jesus. Amen. Here on planet Earth. Amen. Glory to God. So here's the opening statement. And let me preface by saying this. As we've been going through this series, we've been validating each element of this opening statement by the scriptures. Amen. And we're going to continue to do that today. So here's the opening statement. There are aliens in our midst who have mingled with the population of earth for thousands of years. They come from a world that is billions of light years from this planet one that is more powerful and more technologically advanced than anything we could ever imagine here on earth. They look like earthlings on the outside, but on the inside, they are very, very different from the residents of this world. After a prolonged period of waging warfare for the hearts and minds of the people of planet earth, these aliens will be removed by their leader and will be teleported to the capital city of their home planet. After a short celebration in their capital city, these aliens will assemble the greatest army that the universe has ever seen. Headed by their fearless and powerful leader, they will be teleported back to Earth, successfully invade this planet, conquer the armies of the Earth, and set up their own worldwide government, a government that will last for 1,000 years. At the end of the 1,000 years, the alien leader will put down all remaining rebellion and will begin to fundamentally transform the nature of this planet. He will transport the capital of his world through a space-time portal across the vast expanse of the universe and will make it the capital of this world forever. He will rule this planet from this capital and will radically change the environment of our world to make it perfectly suitable for his people and his way of life. Planet Earth will never, ever be the same. Residents of Earth, do not fear. I promise I will show you in your Bible why all of the things I have just told you will surely come to pass. Can I get an amen? Amen. So, let's recap a little bit 
what we've been talking about in this series. So far, we've learned that those who call Jesus Lord, those who are born again, we are the aliens in this story. We are the ones that are going to stage this alien invasion. And I'm glad to be a part of it. Amen. Jesus put it this way. He said, we are not of this world. You might live in a human body, but the spirit that was birthed on the inside of you was birthed from planet heaven. Amen. So in that sense, you are an alien in this land. Amen. Hallelujah. And last week, we learned that the alien invasion that we're going to be a part of will look less like this and more like this. We're going to come back from planet heaven through a space-time portal across the vast expanse of the universe, but we're not going to do it in spaceships. We're going to do it in superhuman bodies on flying horses. Huh? (laughs) Is that really in the Bible? Yes, it's in the Bible. Amen. As I said, there's no science fiction novel or book or movie or science fantasy book or movie that can come close to the fantastic future we have in Christ Jesus. Think about it like this. Somewhere in heaven, in the stables of heaven, there is a flying horse with your name on it. Hallelujah. Isn't that cool? They got to keep them somewhere. The only question in my mind is, will they have wings or not? Well, whether they have wings or not, they will be able to fly, and that's cool in and of itself. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And just so nobody gets confused, let's take another look at where this invasion takes place on the biblical end times timeline that we introduced a couple of weeks ago. So flash that up there. We all know about the first coming of Christ. He came as the suffering lamb. The Bible says he was the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the universe. Amen. And then the church age was birthed when the Holy Spirit was sent. And we are at the end of the church age. If you're looking for where we are on that timeline, we're just about at the end of the church age where the little pippers going up and down. Amen. (laughs) Thank you, media department. Appreciate that. And then at the end of the church age, sometime in the very near future, those that call themselves born-again Christians, those of us that are born again, living on planet Earth, will be caught up together to be with the Lord. But we will not precede the dead in Christ. The Bible says one day is coming. There's a day coming when Jesus will come back, and it's called His appearing. He will come back, and the dead in Christ shall rise, And we which are alive and remain on planet earth will be caught up together with them. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. We will be transformed and we will be given incorruptible, immortal, indestructible bodies, just like the body that Jesus has right now. The Bible says he was the firstborn of many brethren. He was the firstborn. We are the many brethren and the many sistren too. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we're going to get new bodies. And, you know, I say this all the time. I'm happy that there's a new body waiting for me in the showroom of heaven. How many others can say amen to that? Glory to God. Hallelujah. So then after the rapture, after his appearing, I want to make a distinction. I talked about this last week. 
The coming of the Lord is broadly categorized and covers his appearing, his second coming, and his millennial reign. That's all generically called throughout Scripture the day of the Lord or the coming of the Lord. Okay, so you've got to know the difference. The Bible says Jesus will come like a thief in the night. Amen. How do you know a thief has come in the night? When you get up in the morning and you find out that there's stuff missing, you know the thief came in the night, right? He didn't come banging and making all kind of noise. He snuck in, got what he wanted, and snuck right back out. That's the way Jesus is going to come. He's going to appear to his believers, but nobody else on the earth is going to see him. And all of a sudden, I believe millions and perhaps billions of believers will just suddenly disappear. We'll be caught up together to be with the Lord. As the scripture says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. And what that means is now, wherever he goes, we go. So when he comes back to the planet, we're coming back with him. And that's the second coming. After the earth is judged for seven years during the seven year tribulation period, we're going to be up in heaven experiencing the marriage supper of the lamb. We're going to have a great time whining and dining with Jesus and then we're going to prep for invasion and then we're coming back to the earth amen we're taking over the planet Woo! I love the sound of that amen glory to God and as I said last week I'm looking forward to that as a former military officer I'm so glad there's coming a day when all the whining will stop and we'll do things God's way in other words Jesus is going to say, you've had 6,000 years to run this earth, and you've made a mess of it. I'm going to show you how it's done for 1,000 years. We're going to have peace and prosperity and longevity, and we're going to have a great time serving him. Amen. Hallelujah. During this 1,000-year reign. All right. Hallelujah. So the second coming of Christ, when I say that we're going to participate in an alien invasion, that's what I'm talking about. We're coming back in superhuman bodies and we're going to be righteous and holy just like Jesus and that's going to be totally alien to the world that we invade but nevertheless we're invading the earth to bring in everlasting righteousness beginning with the thousand year reign of Christ and I'm glad that I'm going to be a part of that how many can say amen glory to God hallelujah praise the Lord well I didn't mean to say all that stuff but it just kind of come out hallelujah and again, uh, when it comes to end times, I want to emphasize that this series is it's not intended to be an exhaustive study of end times. I just want to give you an overview so that you know where the alien invasion fits in the scheme of things. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So with that in mind, we'll pick up our scripture reading with the alien invasion as described in Revelation 19 verses 11 through 21. And this is the New King James Version. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And he looks something like this, one artist rendering. Isn't that awesome? Listen, you don't want to meet this guy unless you know him, okay? You know, the Bible says he comes to make war. 
I said this last week, and I'll say it again. I read somewhere that in biblical times, when a king came to a foreign city, when he came to a city and he was riding on a donkey, he came in peace. But when he came riding on a horse, he came for war. This time he's coming on a horse. Listen, planet Earth is not ready for this version of Jesus. The first time he came, he was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the universe. This time he's coming as the conquering king, king of kings and lord of lords. And he's going to destroy those who oppose him. That's hard to get around. Uh, You know, it's in the Bible. And some of us have this sort of a, you know, he's a man of peace and love. And, you know, it's sort of, you know, there's this conflict. How could he be like that? Well, in my view, when he comes back, I believe he knows when everyone that can be saved has been saved, that's when he's going to come. And only the most hard-hearted people will have rejected him at that point. And that's when he's coming to judge those who have spurned the blood of Jesus, spurned the cross of Calvary. He's coming against them. Amen. And it's not going to be pretty. All right. So let's read about that. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. That's you and me. Praise God. We get to be in the fight. Listen, I I was a fighter and a bomber pilot. So, listen, I'm loving this. You know, maybe I don't get to to fly a starfighter, but I got a flying horse. That's pretty cool. You know, we're coming back and we're going medieval on planet Earth. I said that last week. A lot of people wonder, well, why? Why is he coming in horses and, and with swords? And, and my only take is this, that, you know, you come against me with your modern armies and your modern weapons. We're coming against you with horses and swords, and we're still going to win. Because the natural power of man is no match for the power of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory. Praise the Lord. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. Let me stop right there for a second. That means there will be peace on earth, but it will be an enforced peace. In other words, there will be rabble rousers on the earth during that thousand year reign. And the Bible makes it real clear. Any rebellion will be put down and put down quickly because it threatens the peace-loving people of earth. Amen? It's going to be harsh. It's going to be quick. We're not having any of that. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. That's a picture of God crushing grapes and the blood of the grapes pouring out. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. And he has on his robe... And on his thigh, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. How cool is that? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, we talked about last week about my belief that on his robe, it says King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And it says clearly on his thigh. Some people that get religious object to the thought of Jesus coming back with a tattoo on his thigh. I got no problem with it. I got no problem with warrior Jesus coming back with a tattoo on his thigh. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, don't go out there and get a tattoo that says King of Kings and Lord of Lords because you do not qualify. Trust me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. <laughs> ah, then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. Woo! You know what that's saying? Hey, you predatory birds, get ready for a great feast. This army that's opposing Jesus Christ is going to be roadkill. So come and eat and eat to the full. Amen. Again, it's not a pretty picture. It's not a pretty picture at all. Whoo, glory to God. And I saw the beasts, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. I said this last week. I think it bears repeating. So the king of the universe comes back to earth with his armies to invade this planet, and you choose to oppose him. Definition of dumb. Don't do it. Amen. Then the beast was captured. This is a fascinating scripture. Then the beast, that's the Antichrist. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Amen. Did you catch that? Listen, before the battle begins, the beast and the false prophet are captured. I'm volunteering right now, Lord, to be a part of that special operations team that goes in there and, and captures those guys. Okay? My personal belief is Jesus has determined ahead of time. I want them captured because I personally want to throw them into the lake of fire. And they're the first occupants of the lake of fire. What an honor. Not an honor I want any part of. And then verse 21 says, and the rest were killed with the sword, which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse and all the birds were filled with their flesh. Again, not a pretty picture, but it's going to happen. Amen. Again, I believe because of the mercy in me. You know, I have mercy in me. I have justice in me. I have to tell you that my wife has a little bit more justice than I do. And I got a little bit more mercy than she does. So it's a good thing we're together. We're a team, you know, because <laughs> justice always works with mercy. Amen. Anytime in the Bible you find justice meted out, that justice means mercy for some other group. Amen? Hallelujah. Because the mercy that's in me, I have to believe, like I said just a few minutes ago, that when Jesus comes to slay the armies of the earth, those armies will be composed of people who are already, they're just too far gone. They have made the decision that they are for the Antichrist and they're never going to be for Christ. And so the only thing that needs to happen with those folks is they need to be destroyed. You know, as some country folks say, some folks just needs killing. You know. <laughs> All right. So now we've invaded the planet. <laughs> now I want to talk about the alien occupation of Earth and your part in it. Revelation chapter 20, verse one through six. This is in the New King James Version as well. 
Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. And we'll talk about that next week. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. There it is in the Bible. It's pretty literal. It's pretty hard to get around. We will rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. All right. We're going to talk a little bit more about this next week. But I want you to know that the first resurrection includes the rapture. In other words, if you get raptured, that means you're either dead in Christ or alive when he comes back for his appearing. And he takes you up and you get a new body. That's the first resurrection. And it's a good resurrection to be in. Amen. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection over such the second death, which you find out later in this passage, is the lake of fire. Over such the second death has no power. So if you get raptured, you are guaranteed you are not going to end up in the lake of fire. Awesome. Hallelujah. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. It's repeated twice in the span of three verses. So there's emphasis. This is not allegorical. This is actual fact. God made a promise to David that his son would rule on the throne forever. And that's Jesus Christ, the righteous. And that's one of the reasons he's coming back to sit on the throne in Jerusalem to fulfill the promise that God made to King David. Isn't that glorious? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So let's talk for a little while. And I want you to, from this point, we're going to shift to what life will be like during the millennial reign. After all the dust settles, after all the bodies are buried, after everything's cleaned up, what is life going to be like? Amen? And if you search the scriptures for life during the millennium, there's quite a few verses that discuss it, but Isaiah has the most to say about it of any of the books, any of the prophets. So I'm going to read from Isaiah a couple passages that sort of set the stage for what it'll be like. Isaiah 65, verse 20 through 25 in the New Living Translation. Now listen carefully. There's a lot of key things going on here. No longer, this is Isaiah speaking of that day, that age. No longer will babies die when only a few days old. No longer will adults die before they have lived a full life. No longer will people be considered old at 100. Only the cursed will die that young. In those days, people will live in the houses they build and eat the fruit of their own vineyards. Unlike the past, invaders will not take their houses and confiscate their vineyards. For my people will live as long as trees, and my chosen ones will have time to enjoy their hard-won gains. Let me stop right there. My people will live as long as trees. Right now, I know for a fact there are eight trees in the Garden of Gethsemane 
eight olive trees that have been there since the time of Christ. In other words, when Jesus prayed in the garden, these eight olive trees were there and they're still there. So that makes them at least 2000 years old. Amen. So he says, my people will live as long as trees. So instead of living for decades, now mankind's longevity is going to be centuries, not decades, radically different, like the people of old before the flood. Amen. Glory to God. They will not work in vain, and their children will not be doomed to misfortune, for they are people blessed by the Lord, and their children too will be blessed. Listen to this, this is awesome. I will answer them before they even call to me. While they are still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. Whoo, that's a that's a glory stop right there. We gotta stop right there and say, Glory, hallelujah. Listen, you'll be talking to your your wife. Now I'm talking about that. This is this is applied to the natural human beings that will survive the tribulation and flow into the millennium. This is not us. We're going to be ruling and reigning over this crowd of people that now live centuries instead of decades. Okay. And one of the things we find out about them. Hallelujah. Is they'll be talking to one another about their needs. And before they even have a chance to offer it up in prayer to the Lord, he's going to send the answer. That's because, as we'll read here in just a minute, the glory of the Lord will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. His glory will be everywhere. Prayers will be answered instantly. It will be a great time of peace and prosperity and longevity. It's going to be awesome, and we're going to be a part of it. We're going to be helping these people learn to live for God. Listen, they're going to flow into the millennium, and many of them might be saved when they flow into the millennium, but then they're going to have kids, and their kids are going to have kids, and their kids are going to have kids. And when they grow up, guess what? They're going to have to confess Jesus as Lord because they're natural human beings, and they're going to need to be born again, and we're going to help them in that process. We're not just going to be ruling for the sake of ruling. We're going to take care of these people, and make sure they get they get raised in the in the nurture of the Lord. They get raised up to serve God. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody with me. Here's another mind blower. Verse 25. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. So when you see the lion and the lamb and the posters and the memes, they're getting it wrong. Okay? It's the wolf and the lamb that will feed together. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. The lion will eat hay like a cow, but the snakes will eat dust. In those days, no one will be hurt or destroyed on my holy mountain. I, the Lord, have spoken. Amen. Listen, there will even be peace brought back to the animal kingdom. Hallelujah. And this reference here that says, but the snakes will eat dust. The King James says, but the serpent will eat dust. This is a spiritual reference, meaning that none of Satan's kingdom will be active during this thousand year reign. Remember, he is thrown into the bottomless pit for a thousand years and either his demons are thrown in there with him or they're rendered neutral because during the millennium, the scripture says the serpent will eat dust. In other words, he'll be under the feet of the millennial humans that populate earth at that time and certainly under the feet of of those of us who are ruling and reigning with Christ. Amen. Glory to God. So think about it. Nothing will have to die or be eaten so something else 
can live. You know, there's a, listen, I've never been a hunter because there's just, and I'm not against hunters, you know. There's just something in me. I, I don't like killing furry creatures, you know. I just, I love them all. I love all the animals. I don't want to shoot them, you know. You know, I eat them, but I let somebody else shoot them. <laughs> yeah, I'm part of PETA, you know. People for eating tasty animals. You know? Yeah, I probably heard that before. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. So let me sort of bullet point what we've learned so far. We learned earlier that during the rapture, the righteous, the living righteous and the righteous dead will receive incorruptible, immortal and indestructible bodies. So there will be two classes of being on planet Earth during this time. The superhumans and the natural humans. Amen. And listen, it's not a stretch to say that we will literally be like superheroes. You know, one of the things that I have observed over the last 20 or 30 years is the human race's fascination with superheroes. We go to all the movies because they're cool. And some of us read the comic books when we were kids. Okay. Because we're looking for somebody that's superhuman that will stand for righteousness, truth, and justice. Isn't that right? And whether they realize it or not, that's what people are looking for in, in superheroes. So we're going to be superheroes during the millennial reign. We're going to be able to do things that the natural humans can't do. For example, we'll be walking down the street talking to our fellow brethren, and we'll see a guy strolling into the bank with a gun in his hand. And he'll go in there to rob the bank. And so what we'll do is we'll sneak around to the wall near where he's at, pulling his gun, about to rob the bank, and we'll walk through the wall because we'll have that capability, and we'll say, hold it right there in the name of Jesus. What you're doing is unlawful. So the guy will turn maybe, and he'll just uh, unload his magazine into your body, and either the bullets will pass through or be like the Matrix. Just hold up your hand, and they'll, they'll just stop and fall to the ground, you know? I like to think it would be our option how we want to do it. You know, I opt for the stopping the bullets. That's got to be the coolest thing. You know, But if it's passing through your body and they can't hurt you, that would be cool too. All right. Listen, you don't think that's going to happen? It's going to happen. Remember I said there's going to be people during the millennial reign who will resent the reign of Jesus Christ. They will not like the fact that they have to follow his rules. It'll be up to us to help him rule with a rod of iron. All right. All right. The longevity of natural humans, we already talked about this, will be restored and lifespans will be measured in centuries, hundreds of years, not mere decades. Furthermore, they will live long and prosper on the earth, as Mr. Spock would say. Live long and prosper. Amen. Praise the Lord. And wild animals will not fight each other and will pose no threat to human beings whatsoever. If you want to have a pet lion, you can have a pet lion. He's not going to hurt you. you know? If you want to have a pet tiger, you can have a pet tiger. Okay? And not get your hand bit off in the middle of the night. Hallelujah. So let me talk real quickly. And I want you to put on your imagination helmet. Okay? These are things that I see in my spirit after having studied the millennium for at least 10 years. These are things that I've seen. I want to talk about technology, commerce, and prosperity in the millennial era. 
I want to start with Isaiah chapter 11, verse 8 and 9, New King James Version, and read some scriptures that are going to seem very similar to what we just read, and they're going to amplify, and they're going to bring out some cool stuff. So verse 8, the nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. What's part of the knowledge of the Lord? The peace of the Lord. The peace of the Lord will be so pervasive that it will even extend to the animal kingdom. They won't kill each other, and they won't try and kill us. And it's going to be cool. It's going to be so cool. But think about the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. That's kind of a a vivid picture there. In other words, the glory and the wisdom and the peace and the knowledge of God will be everywhere. And in my opinion, all of a sudden, innovation, inventions, new ways of doing things will be birthed in the hearts and minds of the people of planet Earth. Darkness will not be there to tamp down the innovation that God puts in the heart of man. Using my imagination and my knowledge of the word and the ways of God, here are some things that I've written down that I believe we'll see in the millennial era. During the millennium, many of the scientific puzzles that have stymied mankind for centuries will be solved. It'll be like someone turned on the lights when everyone thought the lights were already on. There will be an explosion of revelation that will spawn the greatest expansion of applied knowledge technology and creativity that the world has ever seen even if you combine the renaissance with the industrial and information revolutions that have transformed our world so dramatically they won't even come close to the tsunami of knowledge and creativity that will be loosed on the earth during the millennial era within the first hundred years of the millennium i believe there will be quantum leaps in the arts literature agriculture transportation, infrastructure, architecture, and even in power production. Irrigation techniques and new methods of enhancing crop yields will be introduced that will render world hunger a thing of the past. In addition to these major breakthroughs, medical technology will advance to the point that all of the world's dreaded diseases will be eliminated. And let's not forget that there will be humans and superhumans alike that flow with the power of God and they'll lay hands on the sick and see them healed. Amen. You think that's going to stop during the millennium? It's not going to stop. The power of God is going to cruise through the millennium. Hallelujah. Hospitals and emergency rooms will exist, but will be there for the occasional accidents that will occur from time to time in a modern society and for the few that do get sick from time to time. A new era of innovation and entrepreneurship will be released that will boost worldwide commerce and result in a booming global economy. Millions of businesses, ranging in size from small businesses to large industrial conglomerates, will be birthed as a result, practically eliminating worldwide unemployment and delivering the highest quality goods and services to a rapidly developing world. Only nations and individuals who actively rebel against the authority of the king will suffer in any meaningful way. And most of the pain or suffering experienced by these people will be self-inflicted. Our basic scientific understanding of the universe 
how it was made and how it exists will be greatly enhanced. Here's where I get to go sci-fi. Here's, here's where my science geek meter gets pegged here. Hallelujah. With a little help from King Jesus, even the much vaunted and highly sought after theory of everything will be developed into a cohesive mathematical and physical description of the laws of the universe. The four fundamental forces of the universe, electromagnetism, weak nuclear force, strong nuclear force, and gravity will be pulled together into one surprisingly simple explanation of how everything works. The scientific challenges of building nuclear fusion reactors will be solved and will use the almost limitless supply of hydrogen from the world's oceans to produce abundant and inexpensive power for all nations. New innovations in space vehicle propulsion will power our spacecraft throughout the solar system and beyond. The myriad stars and galaxies and the vast expanse of the universe will be ours to explore throughout the thousand-year reign of the millennium. Amen. Are you thinking about your spaceship cruising through the galaxy? Because I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You think it's science fiction? Listen, this is Bible reality. You think the stars and galaxies were put out there just so we could see them millions and millions and millions of light years away? You don't think we're going to get to see him up close? That big old universe was put out there for us to enjoy throughout eternity. Amen. Starting with the thousand year reign of Christ and then going beyond. Glory to God. If you can't get excited about that, I'm sorry. There's something wrong with you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So next week we'll talk about what we can do to prepare for this wonderful millennial age. I was going to get into it this week. But I got so excited about all these things that I listed. I said to myself, I'm going to put that out there first. But next week, we'll talk about what you can do to prepare for that millennial age. I'll just give you a teaser. Find your gift and use it to advance the kingdom. Follow your calling. Use the gifts and talents and abilities that God has given you. And when you do, you'll be rewarded with a great assignment in the millennial kingdom. Amen. I like what Joseph Morris says, whether you realize it or not. Right now, you're writing your resume for what you'll do in the millennial reign. And I, for one, don't want to be the chief dog catcher of New Hanover County. I want something a little nicer than that. No disrespect if there's any dog catchers in here. You are writing your resume right now. Matthew 25 and Luke 19 make it clear that you will be rewarded for using your gifts, talents, and abilities for the Lord, and the reward you will get will be a domain, a rulership, a plane of authority. Amen? That's why it says we rule and reign with him. It's literal. Okay? And we'll get into that in more detail next week. So go find all your science geek friends and bring them because we're going to talk more about the universe before we wrap this thing up. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed part five of today's message titled Alien Invasion. If you would like to learn more about Faith Life Fellowship and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, 
you can visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington. <music>